Welcome in to Revealing Grace. This is a podcast focused on the revelation of God's redeeming grace throughout all of Scripture and the power that it has to transform lives eternally. I'm Chris Sobak, and here in a moment you'll hear from Dr. Brian Chapel. In the last episode, we talked about the working of the Holy Spirit and the mission that the church has been called to and how the working of the Holy Spirit empowers us to be able to live out that mission. In this episode entitled Church Power, we'll be discussing how the Holy Spirit comes upon us in power and what that looks like. Does the Holy Spirit work today in the same way that he did in this passage? What is this power that the Holy Spirit gives us? And should we still expect to see miracles today? As with the last episode, this episode is referring to a specific sermon, which if you are interested in listening to or viewing the entire sermon, you can go to brianchapel.com and search for the sermon, Church Power. I hope you enjoy our discussion of Acts 2 and the working of the Holy Spirit. I am excited to start out this podcast as with uh, the other ones with a revealing question. And if you haven't listened to the podcast before, basically that's just an opportunity to get to know Brian a little better. And he does not know what I'm going to ask. I was just uh, going to make sure you said that. Yeah, I, don't, never... I don't know what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so if he seems uh, flustered at, at any point, it's because he had no idea what I was going to ask. So, um, you know, I'm excited to get into uh, into the word a little bit later, but I think uh, a question that that probably everyone is wanting to know is, Brian, if you were to to describe yourself as a meal, (laughs) what what would it be and why? And while you think about that, I will give you an example for myself. So I would describe myself, and I think the meal that best describes me is steak pomme frites. So steak, very all-American, kind of down to earth, but then the pomme frites, like, it adds this polishing touch. So how can you take steak and fries, but then make it fine dining? So I, I feel like that that <laughs> describes me because I, I like to try to stay rooted, but with a little bit of, you know, a little bit of razzle-dazzle uh, mixed in with that. So, Brian, how about you? <laughs> uh, spaghetti and meatballs. Okay. <laughs> and why is that? Well, I think because I think of spaghetti, I think, well, just noodles. Most, most of my life is fairly plain, but then there are these big, chunks of things that come along from time to time. And, uh, you know, whether it's a book or a controversy or an effort of some sort, that they kind of, they break up the plainness. Okay. And and maybe the plainness always has a little bit of spicy sauce with it when I think of what we're trying to accomplish over time. But I would say, you know, kind of fairly normal things interrupted by occasional big things. Yeah. And it's all kind of interwoven <laughs> yes. at times. I know you got tons of stuff, but that's good. That That is a good answer. And I admire your ability to come up with something quickly on the spot. Because uh, as I said, I, I hadn't warned you. So um, as serious as that was, um, let's get into things a little bit more. I know in the, in the last podcast, we talked about um, the working of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to continue to talk a little bit more about that. Um, why don't you share what this week's sermon, uh, what the passage of the scripture was, and um, what kind of the focus was for the sermon? The passage was Acts 2, which I think every preacher loves and fears at the same time, because that's the promise of Jesus saying the Holy Spirit would come upon his disciples with power, and they would be his witnesses and a radiating influence throughout the world. 
And you can kind of in Acts 1 say, well, isn't that nice? And then Acts 2, it happens that the Holy Spirit comes with power, and we we love the account and the story and the power on display, but always the controversy is, what does that mean for today? And um, I, I think we, we know there's landmines all over the place, but it was interesting, Chris, as, as I dealt both last week and this week with um, Holy Spirit issues, it was remarkable how people responded so positively, as, as though they know that it's a little dangerous in this era not to not to come across as I've moved into either some sort of health and wealth gospel or spiritual magician gospel. Sure. But to actually say, no, God has provided his spirit to be with you in power, in strength, for the challenges you face, and for people to say, I knew that, but I didn't know how to think about it. And this is far more encouraging than I, I think they expected walking in the room. And honestly, maybe I I was a little surprised they were as encouraged as they were. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think, well, this is maybe kind of meat and potatoes, uh, uh, Christianity of the work of the Holy Spirit, certainly one of the most basic passages in the Bible of the Holy Spirit beginning his work of spreading the church. And um, always, I think, there's the question, when you come to such a massively important passage, how do you keep from just preaching it as a history lesson? Sure. And so that was my challenge uh, of trying to move beyond the history lesson and move beyond kind of just controversy to say, how does this actually help people? Speaking of controversy, we're in a political season. Mm -hmm. And so I know that you started out the sermon not exactly talking about politics, but but kind of painting a picture, uh, using an illustration to, to kind of paint a picture for um, this passage. So why don't you share a little bit about that? Well, as you said, we're in a, a political season. So I, I talked about the Iowa caucuses, and I probably take advantage every four years of the Iowa caucuses <laughs> <laughs> uh, because you can talk about how people show up in you know firehouses and schools and libraries across the state of Iowa, and they don't just cast their vote. But you actually have to move across the room and take your stand with the group of people who are supporting your candidate. So you, you have to you have to stand with who you believe in, and um, and and I said that's a wonderful. Why well, I can use it every four years? A wonderful metaphor for the Christian life that that we ultimately stand with our Savior if we're being faithful to Him. But the neat thing about Acts chapter two is what you actually see happening is something of the reverse. Instead of uh, people going to stand with the one in whom they believe, um, the one in whom they believe comes and stands with them. So it's kind of like if you can imagine a presidential candidate coming to every uh, firehouse and school and library and community center. But that's kind of what's happening because the Holy Spirit comes to be with his people to say, the responsibility you have, you're not on your own and I'm not, I'm not forgetting you, I'm not leaving you helpless. But as Christ has ascended, he has sent his Holy Spirit to be with us. And so it was just, how I say, turning the image. You know, if you could see a presidential candidate not getting on a plane and leaving, expecting you to take your stand without him. But what would happen if it were possible for the presidential candidate to come into every place where his supporters were? But that is what happens with the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And I think that's a a beautiful picture. Um, As we get into the passage a little bit more, as you said earlier, when we talk about 
the Holy Spirit working, and even in this passage talking about people even speaking in tongues, I know that that can be kind of a hot button issue or something. Yeah, yeah, somewhat <laughs> controversial. And I don't think that we need to get into that a ton, but you did briefly address that uh, with, I think, a really important point about speaking in tongues. Well, it, obviously, in church culture, Christian church culture around the globe, uh, the nature and importance of speaking in tongues is a constant debate. But I just tried to, if you will, cut to the chase and say, in this place in Acts, where we see speaking in tongues described, not, not just mentioned, but actually described, what happens. And people understand in their own language. Sure. So regardless of what you may think is happening in other passages of Scripture, in this passage of Scripture, what happens is for understanding, not just for impression, for understanding. And I would actually contend that's what's happening in 1 Corinthians 14, too, where Paul says he'd, he'd rather speak five words for understanding than 10,000 in tongues that could not be understood. That that where I think the the New Testament comes down in emphasis is that this working of the Holy Spirit is for people's understanding of the gospel. And that is is what I tried to emphasize and what you see happening in Acts. People understand in their own language. So the main, if you will, end product of this wonderful working of the Spirit is that people get it. They understand who Christ is and what he's done. And I think that's that's the main purpose of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when the Spirit comes, he will testify of me. So you would say, if you can get away from a lot of the, what's the word I'm looking for, extraordinary things that people want to talk about, and just say, what is the ordinary thing that Christ said the Spirit would always do? His job is to testify of Jesus. Hmm. So in whatever way that is moving forward, that is the purpose of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. To that end, I, I was going to ask, you know, when we when we read a, a passage of Scripture where it talks about the working of the Holy Spirit, sometimes the question may arise, does the Holy Spirit still work in the way that the Holy Spirit worked in the Bible? Or is are we talking about just certain instant, singular instances um, where, where the Holy Spirit did something, but then that's not something we really see today? And you did get into it more whether or not the Holy Spirit is still working today. Yeah. So, you know, part of the controversies in the church historically have been not not only how does the Holy Spirit work in a particular time, but at what particular time did the Holy Spirit start working and does he keep working? And, you know, I wasn't trying to do a frontal attack on anybody, but in, in just the course of the sermon, I'm trying to undo misperceptions. So, in Acts 2 and Acts 1, there are references to the Holy Spirit having inspired in the past, centuries past, what the prophets were saying, which is saying the Holy Spirit is not just showing up in Acts 2 for the first time. Yeah. Now, the Holy Spirit is showing up in special power for the disciples' ministry, but the Holy Spirit has been at work all along. And that gives me great confidence to say the Holy Spirit is not going to work just one way at one time. But he's also not limited to one time. So the Holy Spirit that was working the Old Testament and is at work in the New Testament is at work now. Doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's always working the same way. His purpose is always the same, to testify of Christ. That was true in the prophet's time. That was true in the apostles' time. That's true in our time. And so the examples I've tried to give in the sermon are still saying, 
the Holy Spirit is still working to confirm in the human heart the goodness and the reality of the grace of God in Christ. That that purpose has never changed. Yeah, so we don't always think of it as, as even so supernatural, but within our own church, we have experience where there are individuals who speak many different languages where we're able to communicate with them. Yeah, but now we translate into four, soon five languages in our church every Sunday. And I want to emphasize that I'm not saying we speak a in English and people understand in Arabic. Sure, yeah, which is important. But, but yeah. we are saying people from Arabic backgrounds hear the gospel, maybe partially difficult to understand, and people are believing nonetheless, mm. and from other languages as well. For some people, they need just to hear it in English. Some of our North American people have heard it over and over again, but it has not penetrated their hearts. Mm. That's still the work of the Holy Spirit, where the Holy Spirit is giving people, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Heart understanding, not just intellectual understanding, not just the words kind of banging off their brains, but sinking in so that my soul, my spirit, my heart are comprehending the reality and goodness of the gospel. That, that is the work of the Holy Spirit. And so what, you know, Chris, what I was trying to do is to say, how do we see that Holy Spirit work in, the, in Acts 2? So first it's just in private, you know, where the apostles are gathered in a room. And then it moves out to public so people begin to hear in their own language. And then it begins to break down ethnic and national boundaries as you recognize it's not just Jews who are in Jerusalem for a feast day who are understanding, but you get people from lots of other proselytes, not ethnic Jews, who are hearing and understanding. And so things keep spreading out and people are believing and they're being converted, um, some from other faiths, um, others out of Jewish traditionalism, and all that is the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's not just because they're kind of saying, oh, well, there, there was some miraculous um, demonstration of strange words. What I'm actually being converted by is words that I understand. Mm. And, and that's such a beautiful thing to say. That's ultimately what the Holy Spirit is doing. He's opening hearts to understand the truth of God's Word. And um, now I think the Holy Spirit can continue to do that in miraculous, wonderful ways that are beyond our ability. And, and I tried to give some examples of that, uh, you know, just in the course of the sermon, of the way the Holy Spirit is coordinating events, is coordinating people's understanding. And we can just kind of say, well, you know, that was just happenstance. But it gets beyond happenstance. Or it gets beyond your ability to explain to another person because you know that your explanation wasn't very good. Sure. And yeah. they, they change their whole life's course. You say, well, how did that happen? Well, that's still the Holy Spirit. And it is just as remarkable whether or not it, it is at times seen as, as some miraculous supernatural event, um, the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit, that story that continues to unfold is is truly remarkable that you, you touch on all the time. If you look throughout all of Scripture, you see from the Old Testament through the New Testament, the working of the Holy Spirit when sometimes we just think of the Holy Spirit as, well, that's a, that's a New Testament thing. Right. And so when, when Peter says, you know, uh, this is what the Holy Spirit inspired David to say, <laughs> he said, well, 
wait, Peter is saying the Holy Spirit was still working a thousand years before. Sure. You know, this is this is what Joel, the prophet, was talking about 900 years before. Then you say, well, the Holy Spirit was working then too, preparing for what the Holy Spirit is doing now and preparing for what the Holy Spirit is going to do with and through the church in the future. And my my own sense, I don't I don't have good categories for this just in this moment, is that we define miracles too narrowly. Mm. So we say, if it strikes me as something magical, that's a miracle. But if somebody turns from death to life, that's not a miracle. And I said, why isn't that a miracle? Mm-hmm. Why isn't the fact that somebody's heart was stony against the gospel and now it's soft to the gospel, that they were dead in terms of their spirit, but now they are alive in their spirit, why isn't that a miracle too? And so I want to say, well, that's actually the greater miracle that the Holy Spirit is still doing. So in talking about the working of the Holy Spirit, that can provide confidence for us because if we're not relying on our own strength, then we know that that God will work in spite of, of our shortcomings, in spite of the fact that we may communicate in a way that we think isn't clear or um, we we don't feel like we have the words that would perfectly describe the you know, the grandeur and majesty of, of the Holy Spirit working and of God's grace. And I mean, it, it can feel overwhelming. So what kind of hope does that give to us knowing that the Holy Spirit is working? So I'm going to say this at two levels. One is just to repeat something I said in the sermon and then now to say something new to you. So I, I love giving the account of an older man in our congregation who was on a medical mission trip and was trying to explain the gospel to somebody who had just been treated medically. And the difficulty was that our senior statesman, uh, he had a Bible in English, but the Bible that had just been given to this other person was in Spanish. And and the other man could not read the Bible in Spanish. So our senior statesman took off his reader glasses and gave it to the man, and, and the man could now see to read his Bible in Spanish. The, the trouble was our guy did not speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's got to kind of find in the Spanish Bible where he wants the guy to read, but he's got to do it by looking at his English Bible and kind of find the verse and the notation and then tell the guy where to look it up in his Spanish yeah. Bible. The trouble is he's given away his cheaters. <laughs> you know, he now can't see his own yeah. Bible to find it. So he borrows from a nurse, and the nurse lends her uh, uh, reading glasses to our senior statesman, but the trouble is they're the wrong prescription. <laughs> so, so he can't. So all he can do is operate out of memory to say a few Bible verses that he even says, I'm not sure I even said them right. But as a consequence, the man believes the gospel. Hmm. It, throughout all those, what should I say, those uh, barriers, those hurdles, a man turns from death to life. He, he turns from superstition to believing in Jesus Christ. He believes, and he's saved for eternity. And, you know, that's a great that's a great thing. And and we say, that was the spirit at work. And I went on to say, and it didn't just work with that one man. It, it worked with other men, too, hmm. as they were hearing the gospel. But what I didn't say in the sermon, Chris, was, as, a, as I said, just as you and I begin this podcast, it's hard for a preacher to take an historic passage like Acts 2 and say, how do I bring this home to people? How do I make them sense this is present and real and the Holy Spirit's still working? And, and I was probably, I don't know what, two-thirds of the way through the week uh, in my sermon preparation saying, 
man, I just don't know how I'm going to relate this to people, how I'm going to make it real. Hmm. And the the person who told me that story about having been in Puerto Rico and the medical mission and being shamed, my wife and I were actually meeting with him for our own insurance issues when he told us the story late in the week, and I'm going, Eureka! <laughs> You're working in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah, It's not just the Holy Spirit is working in Puerto Rico. I mean, the Holy Spirit knows I need that example. Yeah. So I, I didn't find it. I didn't know it. I didn't, you know, didn't arrange it. And suddenly the Holy Spirit is saying, would you mind if I just gave you an example of what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. So the Spirit was working in my life, too, hmm. by providing what I needed to help God's people be encouraged by the working of the Holy Spirit. I'm uh, just thinking once again about how the Holy Spirit doesn't stop working. Um, and at times we don't realize how the Holy Spirit is working, but is working in a perfect way. It's just exciting to be able to be a part of that uh, as he works through us and as believers, um, he stands with us. He, he does. Uh, your language, you know, for us as believers, and it's important to define who that is, mm-hmm. even in Acts 2, right? So he said, well, there are people who believe, but who believed? Well, Peter has accused them in this passage. The, the people who are believing are the very ones who crucified Jesus. Mm. And so I think we, it's so important to say the Holy Spirit is an advocate, not just of the people who have their lives all fixed up, sure. have everything straight, um, aren't sinners, have earned his involvement in their lives. They say, well, that's actually not the, peer, the people in whom the Lord is working. The Lord is working through Peter, who denied Christ three times. The Lord is working in the disciples who were in hiding in the upper room after the resurrection, didn't believe it. The, the Spirit is working in the lives of the, Jewish, of the Jewish people who crucified Jesus, and he's working in the lives of the Gentiles who didn't believe in a Jewish God at all. All those people are receiving the blessing of the Holy Spirit without qualification or deserving. Mm-hmm. And, and that became important, I think, to say in this passage, too, that you don't just suddenly measure up to some standard so that you can expect the Holy Spirit to come. I think we say the Holy Spirit is going to bless those who are dependent on him because they know they need him beyond their qualifications. And that's part of the beauty of Acts 2 as well, of saying you can brush past Christ, you can reject him, and he can still send his Holy Spirit to help you, not because you deserve it, but because you become dependent on the gospel And when you do become dependent on the gospel, the Spirit is your advocate. And that concludes our discussion of Acts 2 for this episode of the podcast. Now, if you are interested in hearing more from Brian on this passage, please go to brianchapel.com and you can watch the full sermon by searching for the sermon church power. That's church power. A search for that in the sermon section. While you're at brianchapel.com, check out all the many free resources that are available for you. If you are seeking additional pastoral training or ministry training, check out the courses section. And there are so many courses and classes there to help you hone your skills and really just develop in confidence as you present the message of the gospel. If you have been enjoying this podcast, enjoyed this episode, um, or have been listening to all the different episodes, please, if you haven't yet, hit the subscribe button. That way you make sure that you will be notified anytime there are future episodes available. 
Also, if you have any questions um, or any thoughts for the podcast, please feel free to email revealinggrace at brianchapel.com. That's revealinggrace at brianchapel.com. And we'll be checking those emails um, and maybe discussing them in future episodes of the podcast. I know I speak for Brian when I say that we really hope this is just a resource for you, that this podcast helps you in your walk and helps you in your ministry. And we hope that you will tune in next time for the next episode of Revealing Grace.